0: But doesn't it feel good to meet somebody, somebody new? God designed us to be in, to do community with Him and then with one another. And so I, I hope you felt just a little encouragement from just a few minutes of, of talking and sharing with somebody new. I, w- I want to share, um, we're, we're going to kind of take the context today from the book of Nehemiah. This was a book we preached through early on in the life of, of New Beginnings. This June we will be eight years old. Um, eight years since our first service, and uh, early on in that, we preached through Nehemiah, and it became kind of a, a founding uh, a, a place where we draw our vision, what God has called us to, in the context of why we're here. Uh, and so it'll help you maybe understand why are you here? What what am I doing here? What, what am I what am I called to in all this? The story of Nehemiah is a powerful one. I don't have time to go through it all, um, but but Nehemiah was, was was Jewish by by descent, but he was working. Uh, working away from Jerusalem as a cupbearer to a king, and uh, a, a, and someone, a family friend, came from Jerusalem and was in the city where he was, and he asked him, like, how's Jerusalem? So your hometown, if you would think about it, and you saw somebody from there, and you'd be like, so how how's Sayersville? You know, might be the question you would ask. That's my hometown where I grew up, if you're Wondering so he asked this question and, and they basically say, Man, it's a mess. It's uh, the walls have been torn down, people have been scattered, they they, they lost their last their last battle, and, and 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 the enemy's taken them and scattered them all over, and there's a few remnants there, but the, the walls are torn down, and it's just a mess. And, and when Nehemiah heard this, it says he sat down and wept. In fact, for days. He mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. And so what I want you to see is before we can begin to dream about a vision and mission of what we are going to do and how we're going to do it and all these things, you've got to have a broken heart for the broken things around you. For the broken people around you, the lost in your community, the the broken families around you, your neighbors that don't know Jesus. Like this is how broken, and Nehemiah wasn't broken down and weeping because he was sick or he got a bad doctor's report or, or he lost a family member. It was because someone completely unconnected to him was in a place of disgrace. And for that, he fasted, mourned, and prayed. And so we, we got to start there with a, a broken heart. And God did this early on in our ministry where we got broken hearted for broken people. You know why? Because we're all broken people. Because <laughs> I know the only difference between me and, and someone that's not lost is the grace of God. Like, that's it. That is it. So when Nehemiah heard this, he broke down, he sat down, and he wept. I love Nehemiah because there's no miracle in the entire book. I love miracles. But I love the way God uses a person and people to accomplish things that felt impossible in the city of Jerusalem. That he just worked through this vision and leadership of Nehemiah to lead other people, who led other people, who led other people. And they did something that everyone else thought was impossible. They rebuilt the walls. Around Jerusalem in record time now we don't have time to get into the entire story but I want you to know this is what we feel is possible through God's church that we may not have physical walls around us to rebuild but we have broken people and families and relationships that God can work through his church you and me and 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 other believers in this town to rebuild broken things to rebuild broken things I believe he can do it I believe he's been doing it. I believe he's going to do it our vision statement we, we put this into words last year and it says this to see our community experience Jesus in real and relevant ways you're gonna bump into neighbors uh, who, who have heard about Jesus but may may not have experienced the love that they heard that Jesus that, that Jesus gives, all right? They've heard one thing about Jesus, but then sometimes they experience another thing from people who profess to follow him. Could be judgment, could be criticism, could be hatred, could be, could, could be any of these things. Like, wait, that's not the Jesus I heard, but that's what I've just experienced. So our heart from the beginning is we want people to experience Jesus in real and relevant Ways. What what does that mean? I I think about Jesus when he did ministry, he fed people, he healed people, he he met their needs. He didn't say, you got to get saved first, and then I'll feed you. He fed thousands. He didn't know, like, they were just there curious about him. But he met them in very real and relevant ways. When Peter couldn't catch any fish, he said, try that side. And he caught all kinds of fish, like, very real and relevant ways. I want to share this note. We found, uh, Chris found it this week. And uh, it's from a guy named Ronnie. I don't, I don't know Ronnie. Um, but he, he left these notes at one of the Celebrate Recovery uh, sessions from Monday nights where we've been having 40 to 50 people here um, seeking God in their life and to help them with struggles. And uh, he'd written these notes. It says, I know my newfound life here in recovery will lead me to a good path. I will give my all for the love of my God. I will trust Him. I will trust in myself that I will be powerful in my walk with God. I will lead others in my recovery. I will not let my God down or myself. Recovery really matters so much to me. My life is on the line. I will uh, rescue a battle for myself and for my God, my family, my community. I trust you, God. I will work my steps. I will finish. First, not last, this time. My God, this is for myself, my God, my kids. Thank you, God, for being so good to me. Smiley face think about Ronnie, and I think about what's real and relevant. He, he said, my life is on the line. And he found this community on Monday nights where God is reaching and using him and meeting him in the place that he's in. That's real and relevant. To me, when somebody's life is on the line, they feel hopeless, and there's despair, and there's darkness all around them. All of a sudden, there's light at the end of of the tunnel. And after reading that, as I was thinking this week, God just shared this into my heart and, and I've kind of just dwelled on it every day and I've shared it with several people. Uh, but, but, but what I, what I heard from, from Ronnie was he said, I will finish. And that's what Paul said over and over, right? I, I will finish the race. I will fight the good fight. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. And, and here's what God spoke in my spirit. He said, you don't have to win. You're going to feel like in life like, like like you have you, got to win. You can't let people down. You don't, you don't want to be a failure. You've got to get the upper hand. You got to get the last word. You got to you got to win. You don't have to win. You just can't quit. You don't have to win. You just can't quit. And I think that that's what Ronnie's feeling on Monday nights. I don't have to win. I just can't quit. I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna keep serving see our community experience jesus in real and relevant ways our mission spread the gospel of jesus christ equip believers to become leaders and unite believers to serve our community by demonstrating compassion on our neighbors really two things share the three things share the good news that second part is really discipling how do we take believers and equip them to become leaders who lead other people who become leaders it's discipleship it's multiplication and, and then build unity in a way that we serve outside the walls and serve the community. It's what we try to do. Last year, we, we did one thing. Uh, we 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 helped co-plant a rooted church in Whitesburg with Michael Clark uh, and Wendy, his wife. Michael's the pastor, and uh, and God has just done amazing things there. They celebrated a year last feb uh, last month. Um, th- this is a picture of one of their morning services. Uh, they meet at Cane Kitchen in Wattsburg, and, and God just put them in there, and they did so much work through the, the, the floods where they, they connected with so many families and blessed so many people. They've had uh, you know, a, a ton of baptisms where God is just reaching lost people in broken ways and doing amazing things through their ministries. That's something you and our church and that we were all a part of. There are people finding Jesus in Wattsburg in this growing ministry because we stepped forward in faith and encouraged and became partners. We don't talk a lot about numbers here. I don't really, um, we don't think of success in the terms of numbers. By that, I don't say we we do count each Sunday so we can be good stewards of how many people are here, but that's not why we're here, to have more people and more people. We love stories. We love stories of how God's working in individual lives and seeing God change in one person. If, If Ronnie's the one that's changed, it's enough. And we want to see more and more of that. But, but I want to give you just some numbers to think about because you all like numbers, I'm sure. Y'all are quiet this morning. I mean, it's so quiet out there. Y'all here. All right, first number, 16. Baptisms last year. Uh, this one was, hey, give God a hand for that. Uh, it, it was 10 the year before. Uh, we've already had two this year. This picture is actually from last Sunday, so we had two baptisms in the last two weeks. Um, and, and when I talk about real and relevant, uh, a, a life changed for eternity, that's pretty real and relevant. And, and so that's what those numbers represent, 16 baptisms, individual lives completely changed and surrendered for Christ. This is, if there's one number that does matter, it is our people giving their lives to Jesus. Are we reaching new people? And so we had 16 who who, who followed uh, obedience and 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 uh, and were baptized last year. As part of that, um, uh, we were seeing we we saw God work in a lot of ways. We launched two services last year. A year ago from today was the fir- well not today but this month it was the first morning we said we're going to do an early service and a late service because the second service was out of I mean we were out of seats. And you know, there's been times in the last few months we've been out of anybody coming to the second service and been like, where am I going to sit my family? And, um, and, and so there's space in the early service, but God has grown us in those numbers and it resulted in baptisms. 41, uh, 41 is the, the number of sign ups for Renew Faith Life Counseling that we launched last year. Counseling services upstairs. Um, And 41, we can just say that number, but until you've been in a a mental health crisis or the depths of depression or anxiety or or OCD or or, or a broken marriage or or a child suffering with some type of of mental health, just uh, mental unhealthiness, until you've been to that place and where you don't know if there's help, You don't know the victory that comes that 41 people had a place to call and a place to go that was founded on biblical principles. Kids, parents, families, 41. Real and relevant for me, this is it. This is Jesus delivered. Yeah, give God a hand uh, 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 for that. Uh, 48 was the number of partners that, that signed on to have the first Together for the Mountain Summit last year in the, in the fall. This was different churches and nonprofits and organizations um, that said, you know what? We're going to put, put aside all these denominations and all the things like we're going to be Jesus. We're going to make Him real and relevant in this region. Um, and so 48 partners, almost 250 people, came together from across Eastern Kentucky. And out of that came new There's going to be probably a church plant in Martin County There's a a church getting ready to launch At Easter in Grayson um, That we are connected and networked with And, And there's a new dental clinic Partnered with a church in Jackson And Breathitt County Like God just began in that place to connect his people In a very unified way To leave eastern Kentucky better Than we found it And God is just getting started In that 106 106 is the number of people, uh, uh, 50 adults and 56 students who have signed up or registered for the Battle Line Boxing Club. Some of those are couples that the counseling did not work with. I'm just kidding. Um, but this was a dream for five years. We prayed for a trainer. We prayed for God to use this space. There was times of darkness in the work that we were doing there. But we felt God called us into that part of town. And we, we rented the building for years. Two years ago, we bought the building and owned the property down to the to, to the water over there. If you know where this is, over on the bypass. Um, the, we own right up to the Pikeville Pond. and uh, And we're probably the only church you're going to meet... I'm pretty confident anywhere in the world that leases the space where they meet on Sunday mornings and owns a boxing gym. <laughs> okay, it's probably going to be the only. I'm pretty confident we'll probably be the only one that, that that's our that that's our world that we live in. But that is the world that God has called us into. Because there there are many kids here. There's there's people here today that have benefited from the training people that, uh, I'm going to see, guess what, Caesar's here, Caesar, come here, I didn't ask him to be here, I didn't know he was going to be here, I saw him walk in with his little boy and a couple guys there, and uh, I'm just going to ask, oh, you got one, let's see if that one works, I just want him to share a little bit, I could tell you, but I want him to share just a little bit of what's happened over the last year, whatever is on your heart, man.
1: Um, hi. Um, as you know, we've been running the program uh, through the week at the bottom line, and I wanna say thank you to everybody that has been involved, everybody that has been generous to the gym, to the church. Um, we have uh, this program that is doing amazing things in my eyes and everybody else's that is involved. Uh, I want you to know if you if you have not been um involved with, in any kind of way with the gym, I suggest you to look a little bit more into it. Um we have a parent child pro, um some sort of uh program. Every child that comes there bring their parent. Um They go through a routine. Every time the decision is over, parents go to their kid, whether they give them water, they encourage them. You can see parents bonding with their own kids. Uh, Statistically, a parent spends one hour of quality time with each child they have. Some parents can't do that because they work too much. We spend an hour at the gym and you can tell that the difference that it's making. Uh, you've never seen a female putting gloves on her son and telling him, you're doing great. Go back and whoop him some more, you know? It's, <laughs> it's amazing what we're doing there. We have some guys that have competed, we have some that are going to compete next month. We wanted to have the gym just so that parents and children will bond together. Uh, obviously, you know, once they start getting good at something, they want to... It's a contact sport, so eventually they want to test test the water, you know, and see if they can do. Um, everybody's doing great. We we ask you that you guys pray for their safety, of course. You know, you can get hurt doing football and whatever. This is boxing, so obviously you're getting punched. Uh, I have a couple guys with me that visit. Uh, the battle line. They're from Lexington. One is from Stan. So every time that I come, I always bring somebody with me. Uh, Joe is my student. He's been my student for a year in Lexington. Andres, he's been my student for about five months. And uh, they love coming here. Get to know people here. We um, just ask you that. If you got any, anybody uh, under the age of 18, bring them over. We don't have no, we don't charge them. We just there to try to change the world little by little. Uh, I've been told before, you can change the world, you can do, just don't worry about it. There's no way you can change that. But i tell you what, though, if you can change one person, that's enough. Uh, I took Joe to his first uh, service last uh, about six, seven, eight months ago, and uh, he's from Georgetown. I uh, took him to, I'm a member of Northeast Christian Church, and I took him with me. And uh, he joined the church in Georgetown. He has not missed a service until today. So there you got one guy. I want to say thank you, and I'm gonna let Pastor finish up with whatever he's got for you guys.
0: Thank you. Caesar. We prayed for a trainer for five years. Been a year, a little over a year ago, probably. Caesar and I sat down for the first time. He saw some story about the gym. He lives in Lexington, but he, he lived here in Pikeville for some time, trained under Mayfield, was instrumental in the gym then, um, and was an amazing boxer. He's an amazing coach, strong believer, and just uh, uh, all the things was more than we could ask or imagine that we were praying for to, to help lead over there. And he said, I'll, I'll come twice a week from Lexington and teach an evening class. And I said, no, you won't. I said, that, nobody can do that. Nobody can drive you know, just to teach these, these kids uh, twice a week. And, and, and I really, I think he's missed one time in like nine months. I mean, while we're doing our evening stuff, this man's on the road two and a half hours here, two and a half hours back, pouring into your kids and our kids and our community. And uh, I'm just super grateful. For him, like give give God a hand in, uh, in bringing him into our our ministry. Uh, so thankful uh, for for what God is doing there. A um, thousand plus uh, volunteer hours last year through three Serve Sundays. If, if you tally that up, I don't know if what's a thousand divided by forty. Who's who's a quick draw on their cell phone or math? Yeah, I don't know. That's a lot. Um, for real, what's 1,000 divided by 40? <laughs> About 220, so two, 200, and is that right? 20, 22? 25. All right, I've started a, a debate here. <laughs> we'll go with 25. That's 25 weeks of work for one person. The work we did in about six hours' time through Serve Sunday was the amount of work that it would take one person to do working 40 hours a week. It would take them 25 a half a year. See, that's when you work together the kind of things you can get done. And so where do we do it? We cleaned up baseball fields. We painted schools. We we went to a homeless shelter. We helped UPI prepare a dorm. This is Jesus being real and relevant. When the principal's like, I'm so thankful for the church. You helped us do this. When, when, when the, the, the facilities guy at UPIC writes us a handwritten card and says, we couldn't have done this without the church. It begins people to think about Jesus being real and relevant and meeting them right where they are and the church being a blessing to the community. And then you get to have some Jesus conversations about eternity. So 1,000 plus hours last year, 3,157 That's the number of customers at Faith Life Market last year. That's a lot of people, isn't it? Let's see here 4,175 lattes. (laughs) It's a lot of espressos. It's a lot of coffee. Um, But that's not what it's about, right? It's not about numbers, it's stories like this. And uh, I'm going to share this, Sarah. (laughs) Supposed to be made. I hope it's okay. Um, and, and so Sarah is a, a med student here at UPIKE, uh, and you see her a lot of times. She's got uh, scrubs or dog with her, and we've been we've loved doing community with her over the last uh, couple years. Um, but she put this on Facebook and tagged the market, and it. it said, "Day in the life of a medical student: change of scenery at my favorite coffee shop in town, Faith Life. It reminds me every day to live a faithful life, and that God's better." Is better. You see, this is real and relevant, creating a ministry, even if it's just coffee. But but for this to be a constant reminder, you know, Jesus is not just on Sundays, He's He's Monday through Saturday. He meets you right where you are in your workplace, in school, and whatever you're doing. And, and a reminder, if we can be this, this is just one of three thousand one hundred and fifty-seven people. That got exposed to the gospel, exposed to Jesus, were encouraged in some way that walked through the door to ministry that we forget. That if you just come here on Sunday mornings, you may forget that we're even doing it, that we're present in. But you are a part of it, you are doing it, you are helping with it, you're part of what God is doing here. $71,898.26 is how much our church gave away last year. Gave away. Um, that is just staggering for me. Whether it was flood relief, do for ones, partner nonprofits, uh, what, 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 funerals, and, and hospitalizations, and care, and all these different things get wrapped into that. Um, the, that is an incredible thing for me to see the the heart of our elders and our leaders, and you all to give, and we cannot outgive God we cannot do it and we as a church will continue to practice that you bless us we're going to bless others that's the way this works um, as we get ready to wrap up I want you to think about just a couple things I'm going to get Chris up here in just a second when we talk about real and relevant ways the, 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 the church is going to grow what we really feel for this year is that we have to uh, we have to identify and and you all are going to have to lead. You all are going to have to lead in some, some roles and things that God has on your heart. The, the beautiful thing is you don't have to come up with it. God's been stirring in your hearts and your soul about something. Uh, and what we want to do is find a way to unleash that and what God has called you to, to do and be. Uh, this is, this is the, the next chapter in Nehemiah. It says, This, after Nehemiah goes to Jerusalem, he gets permission to go, and he gets there, and he surveys at night the walls, and and he spends three nights doing that, and he realizes, yeah, it is a mess. This place is a mess. He had not said anything to the leaders yet, and he gathered them all together, and in Nehemiah 2.17, he says, but now I said to them, you know very well what trouble we are in. Can you be honest with yourself for a minute? Can you just say, I-, I can see very well in my neighborhood, on my holler, in my community, in the families around me, the trouble that we are in. We've talked about the numbers. In Pike County, you go to Walmart, you meet 11 people. One of them goes to church consistently. You may not think that because you are in a, you, all your friends go to church, but most people don't go to church around here. He says, let's be honest with the trouble we're in. And Nehemiah says, Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall. He didn't say, let me rebuild the wall. He said, let us. It's amazing how one word of encouragement and guidance and vision while they had been sitting there for, uh, I don't know how long, planting flowers and broken down walls that they just thought would always be broken down, took one man, it took Nehemiah to say, let's rebuild these walls. Okay. <laughs> it was that simple. And he begins to organize, and one family takes a portion of the wall, another family takes a portion of the wall, another family takes a portion of the wall, and he builds the wall back, they build the wall back together in record Time. This is the message that God has put on our heart at New Beginnings. Let us rebuild the wall. Let us rebuild families. Let us reach lost people. Let us help the broken and the addicted. Let us be that and end this disgrace. It's going to take a team to do that. One of the things we're, we're adding right now, we've got a full-time position here at the church available. We've got a, part, a couple of part-time positions. We've got volunteer roles all that's on the website. We'd love you to be praying about the person that's going to be in that. If you feel led to be that person, there's information on there of how to to apply and send your resume. We want you to do that. If you feel called to this vision and mission, we want you to be encouraged and to be a part of that. I'm going to get Chris up right now to, to talk right before we close because one of the key things we want to do is we're revamping our groups. We know that that this is an, an important part of what we do, and we're going to have four types of groups here at New Beginnings, um, and just big picture real quick, the first one is New Beginnings Serve Group. This is going to be a group that will primarily serve inside the church. Could be a greeter, you could be on the worship team, you could volunteer in kids' ministry, uh, you could be on a prayer team, the, all things specifically geared to support the ministries of the church. You know, right now, every week in this room, over 500 people come through it. Mm-hmm. Between Sunday mornings, Monday nights, Wednesday nights, there's a lot of stuff happening here between Sunday, uh, between Sundays. Uh, a community serve group. This is going to be, you're going to serve and volunteer, but it's going to be in something outside the walls of the church. could be volunteering at the market. You want to be a barista, volunteer barista, we got the opportunity for you. you want to help in the thrift store there you want to you want to coach and mentor young girls that work there what whatever is called on your heart where there's an opportunity and so that would be a community serve group second the third group is gonna be a study group what you think of as your normal small group Bible study Um, and Chris gonna talk about that in a minute could be a women's Bible study could be couples it could be a a multitude of different things and then life group Uh, I love this yeah. We got our, uh, the Kingdom First Run Club, Seek, Seek His Kingdom. They got t-shirts, they've been running, walking every, uh, every other Tuesday evenings here. So this is, you like golfing, you like fishing, you like hanging out and you know, working on cars. I won't be in that group, but you all have at it. and I bring my car, you know, that'd be good. Um, but, but life group, how do you do life together? And so Chris is going to talk a little bit about this, because and, and, um, and, he's the guy that God has called to help us lead this and build this out. It's a huge opportunity for you to participate and also lead. So, Chris. Yeah, and, and so <clears throat> in, in doing all of
2: this, part of it is, here's what's going to happen. I don't know how to circle this around, but, but like people say, you all need to have this class, no, here's what's got to happen, is we're going to unleash leaders to start, to start putting on class because we have reached max capacity. And, and so God has put on our hearts some things that we see for the future that, that, are, that are points of, of need. But also, um, we know that, that, like you said, there's 500 hearts that come through here, and maybe God's put something on your heart that we've not thought about. So some, some specific things, um, like a Christianity 101 or a, or Following Jesus 101, like back to the basics. Like we'd love for somebody to lead a class like that, you know, lead a small group of that. Um, we've got uh, marriage and family, you know. We'd love for, for uh, couples and, and families, you know, somebody to lead a group for that. Just that way we can talk about how we've all messed it up, Right. Um, money and finance like Dave Ramsey those kind of things and we'd love to see something like that unfold this week somebody mentioned a a, maybe a a retired retirement age small group um, to just just kind of traverse life through Um, but we're open to getting any group really going Um, we would love to sit down and talk about you know what's your heart you know what is it that you say I would love to have others walk through this with me Maybe God's put something on your heart that, that we've not even thought about. And we would love to, to see that uh, come into play. And, and if you've been here for a while, you've heard me say this before. Um, I had an old pastor friend I used to hang out with all the time. And he would say, in these rows is where energy happens, but growth happens in circles, in the small groups. And so when we come on Sunday, we get energized for the week and we get it going. But our true depth of growth will happen in these small groups because we traverse life together. And so that's why this is so important. There's other opportunities, uh, just like Jared had talked about, you know, like kids ministry. If you'd like to teach on a Sunday, if you notice on Sundays, there's different teachers almost every week. Like you teach like once a month. Uh, usually. And and so we, you know, if you would like to be a part of that, we'd love to to get you involved and get you in that rotation. I mean, we're asking 12 times a year, basically, maybe even less than that. If we get a bunch going, you know, Sunday and Wednesday, we need assistance. We need people to help set up, to help clean up, to do all those things. And so we would love to get you plugged into those. We have a nursery and and, Shelly is kind of spearheaded that. And, And so we got nursery opportunities. If you like to hold babies, the good place, they fill your heart up. Now, also, they fill the diaper up, so there's that part. But, you know, that's I don't go back there. I can do the pat and I can't do the switching. <laughs> but anyway, there's lots of opportunities for that. You know, we got Vacation Bible School going to be coming up this summer. We're going to need tons of people to get on board for that. Uh, We talked about work groups. There's tons of repairs that we need to do. If you've got the gift for for fixing things, uh, we would love to show you stuff and say, hey, you know, this is our dream. It's kind of how the big room upstairs started. And then uh, if you have the gift for organization, I've got the closet for you. Uh, So, you know. Uh, so there's tons of things like we need people to help deep clean and, and, and different things throughout that. that. Uh, Jared talked about our life groups. One, one of the most exciting things that happened for me over this past year is the launch of our first life group, the Run Walk Group. And these are people like it's not a class; you don't come here and get a check mark or, or whatever. But they meet together and they they're doing life together and they're traversing. They're uh, encouraging each other, and, and it's just it's been an encouragement for me. Uh, to just just watch this unfold. And so these life groups are going to be important. And so that's our first one. But just like Jared said, if you like to fish or hunt or Whatever. I mean, we'd just like to get a group of you guys getting together regularly and, and, and doing that. And one of the easiest ways is to go to slash groups. And there's a list of all of our uh, groups that, that we currently have for registration and different things that are available. So you can go there. But if you have something and you think, I would love to tell them, well, there's a, a thing you can schedule a meeting on our website or, or, or you can text our number and it comes to us. And and we would love to sit down and talk about what God has placed on your heart. That's how we're going to grow. And not just, like Jared said, not in numbers, but grow in depth with God and know that we're walking. See, in creation, the one thing that God said wasn't good was somebody that was trying to do life alone. right? And so we're built to be in community with each other and with him. And through these life groups and these work groups and these serve groups, I mean, more ministry happens around my dining room table. Anywhere else I go. And so uh, it's in those small circles that we're going to grow and grow together. Uh, we'd love to plug
0: in with you. So, so where we would love to, to get to is as you pray and as you see things that we need or there's opportunities, uh, ideas come with great responsibility. <laughs> That's what we like to say around here. But we would rather hear, hey, it would be great if we had a... We, instead of hearing that, we would love to hear, I feel called to start a. Every one of these groups is going to require one thing, and it's a leader. Like, as the leader, we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, 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 you're going to help us figure out when and where and how and all those kind of things. We really don't care about those. You can use this space. You can meet at the market. You can meet at your house. You can meet at Tudor's Biscuit World. I don't care. And but it, you be the
2: leader. And in, in being a leader, we're really looking for two qualities, right? Are yeah. you humble? And are you committed? Everything else, we can work with you and make it happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, we, we will support it. And, um, and, and so as you, as you feel those things, we, we encourage you to go sign up for a group. We also encourage you to lead a group, to pray about that and know this is where God is calling us to, where we feel. Nehemiah 2.18 after Nehemiah says, let us rebuild the wall, they're just like, okay, yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. 219, this is any good work that starts, there's always a Samballot and a Tobias. They heard about this, and they began to scoff. They began to laugh at them, said, what do you do, and are you rebelling against the king? Later on in chapter 4, they're walking by and saying, Do you really think this, this little small group of people can rebuild this wall? And they're like walking by them as they're trying to build the wall, making fun of them. Tobias then says, Oh, you know, even a fox ran across this, it would fall down. Those people will come into your life. They absolutely will. Nehemiah just replied very simply, The God of heaven will help us succeed. I'm going to invite you not to get discouraged. I'm going to invite you to keep the focus on the kingdom. I'm going to encourage you to say you don't have to win. You just can't quit. Because that's really what Paul has to say in Acts 20, verses 22 through 24. After he's gone on several missionary journeys, he planted a church in Ephesus, preached there for a a couple years, I think. And has moved on now, and as he got back close to Ephesus, on his way back to Jerusalem, he sent for the elders, the leaders of the church at Ephesus. When he got them there, he said, I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Here's what Paul was saying: I don't care if I win. The world, to the world, it's going to look like, oh, he's in jail, he's suffering, he's getting all these things, and like his life has gone terrible. He is, he didn't win. He says, I don't care about winning. He said, I'm going to finish the work that the Lord has given me, and that is about the kingdom, and that is what New Beginnings is about, is about the kingdom. He says, I've got to share the good news. We just read Colossians. Y'all are like, oh, he's going back there. Help us. <laughs> but when he said, pray for me, remember my chains, he said, use them so I can share, because he did end up in jail. He did end up in prison in Rome. And he said, use my chains. Actually, make them worse, essentially, is what he's saying. If it means the gospel is advanced. He wrote one more thing to the Ephesians in chapter 3. and verse 20, he says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or think. Every year we dream big. And at the end of that year, we'd go, wow, I didn't know God was going to do it like that, or I thought it'd be this or that, and it's bigger and it's different than we thought it was going to be. God can do more than you ask or think. I want you to pray about one thing as uh, we get ready to close. This week, we had our elder meeting at the boxing gym. I wanted to take them outside the church. We wanted to meet there. We wanted to pray about that space because God is doing a work in the building beside it, the parts store, and we don't know how all this is going to pan out, but but God has began doing something over the last week or two that really he started two years ago that we didn't really know about. And, and, and we're looking at this building, and, and we know that Mayfield, who started the boxing gym, is dreaming about uh, more than just boxing. He was dreaming about like a boys and girls club and, and felt God had called him into that place to do those things. And really Jody, who stepped in and kind of took on that That banner, and now Caesar and Jody together, and us in partnership. And so we're looking at that building, and we're praying about it, and we're saying, God, whatever you want to do with that building, we're all in. Like, however you want to do this, whatever you want to do. And we're praying about this building beside it. Let me tell you what happened at that elder meeting. You know Kelsey Friend. He's chair of our elder board. Fell down his stairs at home about two weeks ago. He's got 16 steps. He was on the 14th step two from the top. He's six foot seven. You all know Kelsey. He's a big guy. For days after that, he, he really wasn't coherent, and there was a lot of fear, and Barb, and, and, and I went to visit with him, and, and uh, he was tr- having trouble answering your, your normal questions. They thought he might have had a concussion, a stroke, a brain bleed. There's all kinds of things early on. A week later, we're getting ready to have the elder meeting. and We postponed it one week, and, and we decided to have it this, this last Thursday. And that morning, he, he, says, uh, he sends me a text says, call me. So I call him. He said, I need you to email the agenda to Barb so she can go home and print it out. He can't even get out of the bed on his own physics. So I'm like, are you sure? Are you like, really? He's like, yes, send it. Send it to Barb. She prints it out. The entire packet goes, takes it to me. He says, I need you to call me in on conference call. And I heard in his voice what Paul said: my my life is not worth it. It's worth nothing. If I'm not advancing the kingdom and the gospel. And for days after that, he's been working from the phone. On things that God has called us into. He is one that I looked at and went, man, he is not got to win because he's in the bed. He looks like it's not good. They moved him to long-term physical rehab, but he is not quitting. And what an example for me and us and you all as we step into what God is calling us into. I want to leave you with this last video. It's from Wednesday night. You say, what's God really doing in this place, this is a video from Wednesday Night Youth and we'll, as, as this play in the worship team can come up and we'll close here's what, I want to invite you to join God at work in Pikeville He's doing something beyond we can ask or think we're going to follow Him every step of the way but we can't do it alone, we're inviting you, let us rebuild the walls It says middle schoolers and high schoolers. Here Wednesday.
2: To enter the battlefield for the gospel's sake. Father, we take on that act of a servant and we'll wash feet if we need to wash feet. We'll do whatever it takes. We'll take that lowest position of a servant just like you did, just like you mom, because we know that 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 that, that, that Friday is coming. Like Friday is hard because that's when you're on the clock, but we know Easter. Easter's coming. And so, Father, I pray for everybody that's in this room. No, no matter what their engagement has been for the night, but I pray, Father, that you motivate us, that you motivate us to not just, just move towards you, but to run to you and to take everybody we can with us. I pray, Father. I pray for this generation out right here that they turn this place upside down for you. So as we go from here, we know we step on a battlefield and whether there's battlefields, there's enemies. And so I pray for that protection, Father, that, that you put around us, that we can keep our eyes solely focused on you. Not in the chaos of the world or, or the this or the that, Father, but I, I pray we stay firmly focused on you with our feet planted on the rock. I pray, pray that this place is never the same
0: because of the things that you are doing. And I pray that in your name. Amen.